All right, all right. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are today in the world. Welcome back to our podcast. Today we have a good group with us. As usual, we have our guy James Newman, got our boy Kobe Strickland, and a special guest today. Um, we've got Josh Hall, Auburn baseball player. And so today we will be talking about NILs and kind of what's going on with that. You know, it's a really big thing, new tax implications. Um, and so I'll go ahead and start off by kicking it off to James, let him introduce himself, and he'll go through the history about it. Thanks, sweet. So, hey, y'all, my name is James Newman. I'm a current Master's of Accounting student here at Auburn University. Um, and today I'll be talking about kind of the history of, of NIL deals with um, the court history of it going through the Supreme Court and, and things like that. So it starts off with a case called O'Bannon versus NCAA. It was decided in 2014 by the Supreme Court. Um, Ed O'Bannon, a former UCLA basketball player in the 90s, um, saw his image and likeness um, being used in NCAA basketball 09, a video game um, put out by EA Sports every year for a while. Um, and he saw his likeness in, in the game, a, a player with his jersey number, build, play style. Um, only thing different is it wasn't his name on, on the back of the jersey. It was just, it was just, a, just a generic player. Um, so at first, you know, he was, he was like, oh, really? That's, that's, that's really cool. But then he's, he, he, he realized that EA was putting out these games um, profiting off of them and not giving the athletes a cut. Um, so he saw two issues with this one was intellectual property, um, not giving the athletes a cut for using their name, image, and likeness or NIL um, within the process of making these video games, as well as an, a kind of antitrust claim, which is essentially the, the NCAA competes to have the name, image, likeness, likeness of players reduced to nothing. And where it's not competitive and players can't be compensated um, for their name, image, and likeness. The purpose of these antitrust laws dates back you know, to the early 1900s when you had um, Rockefeller and Carnegie um, having, having monopolies in the steel and oil industries. Um, so having that, and, and, and the U.S. government wanted there to be competition within the free market and not having monopolies that squash competition and raise consumer prices. We wanted it to be a fair market. Um, and so yeah, one, one unique thing about this case is or this, this set of circumstances is up until this point in 2014, the NCAA and college athletics was really one of the only places, if not the only place in, in the U.S. economy where, where someone could, someone's likeness could be used with no required compensation as with the NCAA um, football and basketball video games put out by EA. Um, as a result of, of these lawsuits, before it was ever settled, EA, before it was ever uh, decided in court, EA settled out of court with almost 29,000 former college athletes for using their likeness. Um, as a result, EA stopped, stopped producing the video games at that point. Um, that's, been, that's been almost 10 years ago. Um, and with that, so, so O'Bannon actually won the case in the district court, and it, and it went all the way up to the the Ninth Circuit Courts and the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court kicked it back down to the District Court and said the District Court um, ruled correctly, and that and that um, that ruling stood. Um, the net schools can school up until that point. Schools could um, 
compensate athletes with the full cost of attendance. It was a number given by the federal government um, index for cost of living in, in, in certain areas. So a student at Auburn, a student athlete at Auburn might not get as much as say a student athlete with USC or, or UTLA or school or school in New York or Chicago because the cost of living would be higher in, in New York as, as opposed to Auburn, but they would be compensated on things like that, not necessarily a salary or any kind of wages for playing at the school. That would still, um, you still couldn't do that. Um, then came along NCA versus Alston, which was kind of a spur off of, of Bannon versus NCA. Um, Alston was one of the ones that settled out of court. Um, but the case kept going um, until that summer. So summer 2021 was when it was decided. Um, nothing had progressed in the case of student athletes being compensated for their for their likeness. Um, same things really stood for same things that stood for O'Bannon. Um, the, the, this one did get kicked up to, to the Supreme Court and they ruled that there was no valid reason why student athletes could not monetize their likeness. And there's no suitable alternative for players to turn to. So some players, such as uh, most notably uh, Lamelo Ball, who, who's now in the NBA, he went over to to Ukraine, or I'm sorry, not Ukraine, Latvia, Eastern Europe, to play basketball before he, he went to the NBA to be eligible because you can't go from high school straight to the NBA anymore. Um, so he went over there and got some deals, made some money instead of going to college for a year um, to hone his game for the NBA. Um, and, and the Supreme Court found that not a suitable alternative for everyone because not everyone has the um, the brand that that the Ball family has. Um, so they found that there was no suitable alternative to the NCAA and college athletics as far as a platform, both for just playing college athletics at, at a high level as well as um, as well as a springboard to professional sports, the NBA, the, the, the NFL, the Major League Baseball. Um, in fact, uh, Brett Kavanaugh was extremely critical of the amateurism claims by the NCAA. The NCAA claimed for a long time that um, the, their product was amateurism is a clean game. You know, no hey, these guys aren't professionals, all that. But Kavanaugh really came out on hard saying nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing to not pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. I find that kind of funny. Um, so schools are still not allowed to pay their uh, student athletes a salary, but student athletes can um, earn deals with, say, Subway. I know Bryce Young and Bo Nick did that last year. Um, players getting different deals, deals with um, different brands, making their own brands, um, maybe local restaurants. I'm giving a little bit of foreshadowing there, hopefully. Um, but uh, that's really the, the court case history of NIL deals. It's really interesting. And I'm, just from a personal standpoint, I'm glad that athletes are getting compensated for their name and likeness currently. EA Sports. It's in the game. And you guys ever play those games? NCAA? Man, that was great. Good times. Yeah, I'm ready for them to come back. Is it going to come back? I heard it was. I think it's supposed to next summer. Let's NCAA go. 24, I guess. That's going to be electric. I remember going home after school and just turning on the Xbox. Hopping on with the boys. Oh, man, it's a good time. Well, Josh, let's see. Um, I mean, you have a lot of personal experience being an athlete yourself. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your NIL and um, how, how these cases have affected you? Yeah. Um, 
you know, the Austin case was really, I think, one of the main driving points for us, um, especially as athletes. Um, you know, I've been a student athlete in the NCAA since the fall of 2018. So I've kind of seen the culture change, obviously, because on July 1st of 2021, that, um, you know, athletes were finally able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Uh, so the Austin case was really, really important because, you know, it's it's a way for the NCAA to say, okay, these student athletes are committing so much time. You know, when they're in season, they're they're doing 20-hour weeks, which in reality are not 20-hour weeks. You know, we were talking about this yesterday, actually, with our compliance advisor that, um, you know, when you're in the season, your typical game day is, you know, we've got pregame meal four hours before first pitch, and then, you know, an hour later, we're stretching, then we're hitting BP, and then we're meeting, and then we're uh, taking in and out, stretching again, meeting, uh, then we play, and the games are three, four hours, and then you, know, you look up, that's a, I don't know, eight-hour day, but, you know, according to compliance, that's a three-hour day for your 20-hour weeks, um, and so, you know, you're balancing all that with classes and, you know, the normal course load um, of a student because, you know, there's eligibility requirements that you have to, to have to meet to be, even be eligible with the NCAA. And so, um, you know, the NCAA, through this Austin case, they were able to say, you know, our athletes are employees of us. And for so long, we haven't been able to compensate them. And, you know, it's it's really not fair because you look at them and they're in season and they don't have time to hold a job but they still have a lot of the same expenses um, of a normal student, you know, baseball um, you only have 11.7 scholarships for 27 guys. And then you've got another eight guys on your roster that are walk-ons and, you know, because you only have 11.7 scholarships for 27 guys, you know, you don't have anybody on a full ride. So everybody's paying something. Um, but there's absolutely no way, you know, to, to make money, you know, up until NIL was finally passed. Um, and so through the Austin case, NCAA was like, okay, since we can't necessarily create NIL deals for them, you know, we can't tell a company to reach out and give them money. They said, all right, so we're going to entitle student athletes to a $5,980 payout for a 12 month period every single year. Um, and it's not a athletic award that's kind of the main thing that they want to get across it's an academic award so to be eligible you have to maintain your roster status you have to maintain eligibility you have to maintain good academic standing and then your school, school compliance office you know if you're missing tutoring sessions you're skipping class you know you're falling you're falling under the wagon you're not doing well like they can suspend your award and they're going to say you know you're not going to get this um, and so for Auburn, it took a, it took a, you know, probably four or five months from July 1st for them to finally organize this and figure it out. So in the fall of 2021, last fall, we got one payment of $2,890 and that was dispersed on December 17th. And that money can be used however you want. It goes into your Auburn account, whatever's linked. And so a lot of the guys, you know, it just goes into their checking account. For me personally, it goes into my parents' checking account and they use it to pay for rent and all that stuff. So that that money kind of kind of goes to them. Um, but you know, Auburn actually messed up. So the amount should have been $2,990. So we they were short hundred dollars. So in the spring, we received um six hundred and eighteen dollars per month for five months to you know get us to that amount of five thousand nine hundred and eighty. 
you know, if you had those early enrollees, people that came in January, they got the normal 598 as planned. Um, and, you know, that money now that we're getting, we get it around, I don't know, the middle of every single month, we get a payment of $598 dispersed into our account. It's 10 months. So it runs from August to May. And then June and July, you don't get any payments because, you know, a lot of guys, people aren't in school over the summer. But, you know, that that kind of was the NCAA's way of saying, you know, we can't necessarily create NIL deals for people, but this is a way that we can pay our student athletes and, you know, really embarrass them for the work that they put in, um, you know, as long as they're still maintaining their eligibility and, you know, performing well in the classroom. So there's a lot of things out there that a lot of the student athletes don't really know about tax because that's not their major. They just never had any familiar familiar like with the actual tax implications. And so um, there's usually three forms that student athletes will have to file. Uh, form 1099-NEC, which is um, if the athlete was hired by an independent contractor for NIL activities um, and they receive $600 or more, their income will be reported on this form. Um, if the college athlete was paid from a third party like Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, they'll uh, file a form 1099-K um, and the deadlines, um, they need to file by January 31st of each tax year. Um, a few questions I have for you, Josh, is um, so you have more of an understanding than than most athletes being um, in the Masters of Accountancy program. What's the general understanding of your teammates and other athletes that you know? Yeah, I'd say a lot of them, um, you know, they've, they've, they've come to me and asked questions about a lot of different things. Um but, you know, since NIL was so new last year, especially, I got a lot of questions from guys like, you know, they they really didn't have any idea that that their NIL, you know, money, their deals, they were supposed to get taxed. You know, they just kind of thought it was free money, didn't really have any idea. Um, and so I kind of had to explain to them that, you know, you know, whatever you're getting, whether it be a a check, whether you're getting cash, whether you're getting clothes to wear on your Instagram, whether, you know, no matter what it is, like that amount is getting taxed. You know, if it's a non-monetary item, the, the, the actual value of it, that gets taxed and that gets filed on your tax return. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people really just didn't have any, any, any idea about that stuff. So, you know, luckily I kind of had a better understanding of it. Um, and I was able to help them, you know, understand that before really, they were committing, you know, tax evasion and getting in trouble with the IRS. One more question I have for you, Josh. Um, so there's a lot of vocabulary used in NIL. Um, what are NIL collectives? Yeah, so, um, you know, collectives are are starting to become huge across the NCAA. Um, you know, essentially, you know, Auburn has one. It's called On to Victory. Uh, it is pretty much a group of boosters who come together and they formed this, 
this collective that works very, very closely with compliance to make sure that, um, you know, they're not violating any rules. They're not getting anybody in trouble. Um, you know, they're not, you know, threatening somebody's eligibility or anything like that. So they're making sure that everything that they're doing is in compliance with the NCAA rules. Um, and so they're not, you know, on the victory is not directly associated with the Auburn athletics department. It's not directly associated with Auburn university. Uh, they have to get, you know, permission from the school uh, to use its brands, to use its logos, to use its colors. Um, you know, just like any other company would have to. Um, but really it, it's just a, it's just a way to really compensate athletes for, you know, the work they're putting in, uh, you know, so, I know it's not free money. You're not just like getting a check from this collective every month. Like you're having to like make appearances, you know, if they want you to have a conversation with a booster, that's, you know, a member of the collective, like, you know, it could be a 30 minute zoom call. It could be a 30 minute Q and a with a group of a group of members. Um, but yeah, the collectives typically offer like monthly subscriptions. Uh, people can go and, you know, commit to, to giving this much money every month. And that money goes, you know, usually into the pockets of the student athletes, whoever has contracts. Um, but, you know, on to victory, they, they're, they're, they're working hard to, you know, really make sure that the athletes have a good understanding of these, of these tax implications. Cause again, they don't want, they don't want the guys getting in trouble. They know that most athletes don't have any background with taxes. So, you know, on their contracts, they, they typically have three options for you, for your taxes. You know, you can either, elect to have your for on to victory to withhold taxes for you at their estimated percentages, which are 30% for federal income and self-employment taxes and 4% for Alabama income taxes. The second option is you can select your own percentage of federal and self-employment taxes and state taxes um, for on to victory to withhold and remit on your behalf. Or the third option is you can just choose not to take advantage of the service they're offering uh, and handle the remitting your federal and self-employment taxes and state taxes on your own. Um, you know, one requirement they have is they make sure that you have a uh, tax accountant, you have somebody that's, you know, taking care of taking care of you, making sure you're not getting in trouble. But the reason they give these estimated rates is, you know, it's like, okay, this is what we think is going to be remitted on your tax returns. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, if you get money back, because you don't necessarily have to pay that many taxes, like that's a good thing, as opposed to, you know, you withholding this much and then you go back around tax season and you look and you're like, oh, you owe an extra X amount of money. Um, and so, like, you know, you, you don't want to get into that position of, you know, having to go and pay more taxes than you initially thought when, you know, you could have had that amount withheld in front end. And if it was too much, gotten, you know, money back on your on your tax return. But, you know, these collectives, they're they're doing a really good job of just, you know, making sure that you know, the athletes are getting compensated, you know, beyond the Austin money. Um, and really they work hard of, you know, getting you other deals as well. Um, you know, I have a sponsorship with an, a, you know, an app that launched on Auburn's campus called class cash. You know, essentially I have a big mama Goldberg sticker on the back of my laptop. It's got a QR code at the bottom. People can come up and scan it. And if they scan it, they get free nachos. So, you know, mama G's is getting, you know, uh, you know, some marketing through that. And, you know, I'm also getting paid $2 an hour for sitting in class, which, you know, it's not, a mo it's not much, but, you know, I, I got to go to class anyways. So I might as well make a little bit of money while I'm there. Um, but yeah, you know, NIL, it's just been a huge, huge, you know, blessing for athletes uh, to finally start, you know, getting paid for, 
you know, their name, image, and likeness and, you know, getting compensated for all the work that we put in, you know, inside in the classroom, out of the classroom to represent and be ambassadors for our universities. Um, and, you know, it's also become, it's becoming a huge part of recruiting, you know, getting athletes to come, you know, you see all these big numbers getting thrown out at recruits, trying to get them to come to your school. You know, you look at, you know, Texas A&M, they had so much NIL money to throw out at people. They got so many five-star recruits. Obviously, you didn't play out for them this year that sitting at three and seven, but, you know, you know, we ride with Caddy. <laughs> and so, uh, um, go crazy. <laughs> go crazy, Cadillac. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a huge, it's, it's becoming huge in the recruiting game. Um, and you know, it, it's giving athletes, you know, a bigger opportunity to really want to come to college and represent their university. You know, you look at, you know, SUNY Lee, who in the past would never have had the opportunity to come to school because she's, um, you know, she's a gymnast. She just won gold at the Olympics and she wanted, you know, with NIL, she was able to come to the, come to Auburn and represent Auburn while also still getting money that she, you know, she would be getting paid, you know, typically. So, you know, she's, she's been awesome to have at Auburn. She does inflate our NIL numbers a little bit. Um, you know, when you look at the averages, it's like every athlete makes on average like $25,000. But then when you take SUNY out of the equation, it's like $800 per athlete. So she definitely inflated our numbers a little bit for the past two years, but, um, yeah, NIL, it's just huge. It's it's really big in baseball because, you know, you can get drafted out of high school. Um, but a lot of the guys, they're starting to, you know, pass up on the draft, the draft money and come to school because they know that they can make, you know, some money while they're here and then be better prepared for, you know, professional baseball. So, you know, very thankful for, you know, this this coming about and that we have the opportunity to to finally get some compensation for for everything that we do. Absolutely. Josh, thank you so much for your time. I don't know about you guys, but I'm about to go get some free nachos at Mama G's, Mama Goldberg's. We get your nachos. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining today. We will see you next week. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.